Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. And again, welcome to another exciting broadcast of Faith on Fire. We've been talking about having faith in trials and just not just being hearers of the words only, but doers of the word. Scripture says when we not hear it and just do it, we'll be blessed in what we do. And our desire is to be blessed. And I understand that blessed means it's the power of God that overrides the curse. And I want to stay in that zone right there. I want to stay in the midst of the power of God that overrides the curse. So we were talking uh, yesterday before we left. We left off with talking about uh, politicians. and uh, People putting their faith in politicians and right. people bad-mouthing politicians. And yeah, we were talking about the National Day of Prayer. And I seen some uh, friends of mine on Facebook. They were, like, talking about the current administration. Throw the tyrants out of our White House. And I was, these are Christians. And I was like, Wow. And these people have been Christians for quite some time. And I was like, wow, their mind sure isn't renewed. Because, it, and again, I was just thinking about the compassion part of everything. And, and they had a picture of the president, his wife, and their two kids standing in front of the White House. And, it, and the picture said, throw them out of our White House. <laughs> and this was Christian. I could see now if that was a non-believer posted that, it will be okay. But Christian said this. And I was like, wow. Don't you know that you're a citizen of the kingdom of God? Don't you know you're a pilgrim, a sojourner here? This is just your mission field. But see, this is how we, this is how we fool ourselves, because people will say at that point, "Well, that's just politics. That's the way you do it in politics," and we fool ourselves in this sense because other people will say, "Well, that's just work." So they're lying or they're cheating or whatever at work, and they say, "Well, that's just work. That's how I have to do it." I can't tell the truth all the time. So I just tell the truth on Sundays at the service. Right. But I mean, this is how we fool ourselves because you've talked to people. I know I've talked to people. You, you, that's just what I have to do at work. That's just what I have to do in politics. Well, that's Bible, just what I have to do. The Bible calls that back in Romans 2 before he says being transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, don't be conformed to this world. That's what the world does. So you're saying Monday through Friday, I'm going to be conformed to the world. And at Sunday, uh, I'm going to prove what that good and perfectly acceptable will of God is. I'm going to put on my church outfit, and, we see, and I'm going to do the church thing. And we see lots of Christians actually live that way. Mm -hmm. And when you call them on something, they will, just whether it's if you had said something to those people at that I National say, Day of Prayer about that, they just said, well, that's just politics. That's just what people do in politics. As if, well, that's okay for a Christian to to slander people or be bad, mean to people or whatever you want to say, because that's just politics. 
No, that's not just politics. We're to be a Christian, whether in the political arena or mm-hmm. wherever we are. Mm-hmm. We're to be Christians and to live and act like Christians. Christ-like. And, and just to have compassion for people. Because I was like, wow, that's a husband, a father. And uh, Jesus, you're just going to declare something like this on a public forum? And again, I understand what the Bible says about those who are in uh, office and authority. Scripture says pray for them. <laughs> It didn't say go off on them and talk about it. It says pray for them in the latter part of the verses that you may live a peaceable life. That's what God always said, pray for all people. But we think, oh, no, we don't got to pray for politicians. You better pray for politicians because God can reach them too. And that's the understanding. God so loved the world. He can reach anybody. If you don't pray pray for those who are in authority and just just talk about them and bad mouthing, you're still not doing the will of God. So you... You're deceiving yourself. Remember, don't be just hearers only, but doers. He said, pray for all men, especially those who are in authority, that it may go well with you, that you may have a good and peaceable life. So we should do that. The, the church should be the on the forefront of praying for anybody who's in a political office. Or anything else. Last week we talked about this Donald Sterling thing, with the, who's the owner of the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And the average Christian was just like everybody else, piling on, condemning him. Where, where were Christians who should have been praying for him, praying right. that the Holy Spirit would speak him? If he is a racist, that the Holy Spirit would change his mind, change his attitude, mm-hmm. change his heart. We where are Christians a- at? Where it's just too easy for us as Christians to say, yeah, 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 hang the bum, hang him on. I'm on the bad wagon. We, that's back to being conformed to this world. The world says that. The world says crucify him. Right. The world Remember, says hey, condemn. Hey, we love him. to build people up so we can condemn them. Right. And we shouldn't be that. We should be Christ-like every day and, and, and pray for people. Pray that they would have a God encounter, that God would reveal himself to them. Even if it's your political leaders in your community, in your state, in the federal government, pray. I, I do that all the time. I just pray that God would speak to their hearts, reveal himself to them in a greater way their hearts would be open to hear also. And, and that's what we're commanded to do. That's another one of the keys to the kingdom. That's something God, Jesus commanded us. He said, pray for one another. He said, pray for one another, except these guys right here. You don't got to pray for them because they're already doomed. Well, neighbor, love your neighbors yourself unless they're actually, of the opposite political party. Right, right. He said, actually, he said in Matthew 5, pray for your enemies. So if you consider them an enemy, he said, well, pray for them. Love your neighbors yourself unless you can't stand that working <laughs> sucker. No, we're supposed to Love pray. Love your neighbors yourself unless his dog keeps coming over and going to the bathroom in your See, yard. And it's these little things that ignites our faith on fire. When we do those things that we're commanded to do, that increases your faith. So now it gets easier and easier. And people will say, well, it's only human nature to get mad at my neighbor if his dog's doing that. Or it's only human nature to get mad at my neighbor if they're doing something else. Yes, you may be right. That may be the human nature. But guess what? We're not to live by our Well, the scripture human says nature. be angry but sin not. Right? We're not to live by our sinful nature. We're not yeah. to live by our human nature. Yeah, you can get We're angry. To live by the spirit. You can get angry just don't drag them into court. <laughs> you can get angry just don't have an outburst of wrath on them. Just don't go to cursing them out cuz the Bible talks about with your tongue. It says with our tongue you know, we bless men who made in the similitude of God. We bless our Lord God with our tongue, with our mouth. And then we curse men who are made in the similitude of God. Then the next passage says, brethren, that ought not be so. I mean, you shouldn't do that. You should use your mouth to build up. 
Yeah, it's really hard to down. yell at your neighbor over something that's going on and then the next breath ask him to church. I always I mean, think about so stuff like that. You know what God reveals to me nowadays? In the end, in eternity, is all that going to have had mattered? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we get so upset about right. today. that, And that happens. And forget eternity. How many things were you upset about last month or last year that no longer matter? You right. don't even think about them anymore. And that happens to us over everyday life all the time. And certainly when we get to eternity... Most of this stuff won't even matter. Right. You won't even care that somebody got your parking place ahead of you. You won't care that you had to park 10 rows out farther than you wanted to. You won't care about any of that stuff. It just won't matter. You know, I somehow in heaven, you know, we talk about what heaven's like. Somehow in heaven, I don't think anybody's worrying about how somebody got over on them when they were alive here on earth. No. They're standing in God's presence, worshiping God, thinking, man, I, I can still remember when they done me dirty. I just don't see that that's how they're thinking in heaven at all. And yet, what do we do down here? We hold on to those things and keep those things when he says, no, you're not citizens of this earth. You're citizens of heaven. The well, kingdom of heaven again, is here now. We got to get an understanding of that. And the only way you're going to get that greater revelation is feeding on the word of God every day. He told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from you, but you should meditate on it day and night. And then... And observe to do all that's written in it. And then you will make your work process and then you have good success. And one thing I found about a meditating God's word, something spiritual happens. It increases your revelation, your understanding. It increases your faith. God reveals the deep things to you as you meditate on his word. And again, I just think a lot of Christians are too busy doing other things except what God told them to do. Because if we did that, I believe we'll see more transformation in our own personal lives, in our communities, in our governments, in our schools. If we, Scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and then he say they'll hear from heaven and he'll heal the land. So he told us to do something. And I think the things he told us to do, we just, we aren't doing them. We still well, yeah. want to do them our way. Right. I mean, we hear, we read about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And we think it's talking about somebody else, <laughs> that that somebody else is going to do God's will. We're always thinking, yeah, my neighbor, he, uh, too bad my neighbor isn't hearing that prayer. Too bad my neighbor isn't hearing that, that he should be doing God's will. Or too bad my husband's not hearing that. Or too bad my wife's not hearing that. Or too bad my well, son or speaking, daughter's not hearing speaking that. Speaking of wife, I remember my wife told me this a couple three years ago. She said, Vince, when this I just got saved, you know, I, born again a year or two and I wasn't I was being transformed I wasn't where she wanted me to be spiritually I was still doing some of the things I was programmed to do from the world system she got saved several years before I did and I was still conformed to this world and she said God revealed something to her she said God told her stop complaining about me and focus on her just pray for me and stop condemning me about all the things but pray for me and, and work on herself and you know what? She said she started doing that. And guess who came along? Me. <laughs> the transformation. God right. started working on me. Because only God, she couldn't change me. Right. Only God can change me. And now here I am pastoring. Yeah, she didn't see all that. But God told her, stop focusing on him and all his faults and just pray for him. Do what I asked you to do. Pray for your husband. And she said, and she confessed. She said, when I stopped complaining and, and pointing out all your faults and God started working on me. And he started working on you. 
And that's what we're to be. That's a great lesson in all that. That's what we're supposed to do. I pray for my kids now. I pray for my enemies. Yeah. Because well, Jesus told me to do to. it. Yeah, so I just go ahead and do that. I pray for my enemies. And now I don't harbor bitterness against people. Well, see, it's hard to hate somebody <laughs> and pray for them at the same time. Right. When you start praying for them or interceding for them, man, that does something for you. Right. It changes your whole. You it, Like I say, you, it's hard to hate somebody and pray for them at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because God, as we're praying, as we're talking to him, he's changing our heart. He's changing our attitude into the person that he wants us to be. And that's his back. kingdom come. That's his will right. being done right. here on earth as it is in heaven. Because right. in heaven, ain't nobody over there arguing. They, and, ain't, they ain't tripping like that over one another. And is it, what does God want? Does, what, does God want me to be praying for my neighbor? Does he want me to be praying for those that despitefully use you? So that means to have his will done here means that when mm -hmm. I have a neighbor I don't like or somebody who uses misuses me, I'm going to pray for them. And when I'm praying for them, I am actually doing his will there here on earth as, as it, it is does in heaven. heaven. It's that simple. Yeah, we, it's we that like simple. We make it harder than no, we need to make it. It's really simple. That's why he says don't be just a hearer only but a doer. He wouldn't tell you to do something you can't do. It's really simple. But it's back to your will. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Okay, I'm going to do your will, Father. So I'm going to submit my will to your will and we anybody can do that we can submit scripture says submit to god resist the devil and he'll flee from you humble yourself under the mighty hand of god and he will exalt you in due season so it's all about will will you or won't you i will to do god's will mm. it's really simple and that takes some time you got to do it once it's just like anything else it takes practice if you want to be a, a runner or excel in athletics you got to practice at it. You want to be, oh, I, yeah. people learn how to play instruments all the time. They never played. But after they practice a while, I was just looking at our manager. He has his guitar in here all the time just practicing. Didn't grow up playing. He just started learning. Are you saying he's not in there working? He's playing his guitar? Yeah, it's, it's guitar all right, we'll keep now. that on the download. Yeah, right, right. But, but you can learn new things. That's why he says be transformed by the new in your mind. You can learn things. Well, see, and here's the thing. <laughs> Lots of Christians know where their Bible is. They just don't touch it. You could go buy the best guitar in the world, buy the best set of lessons on playing the, the songs on that, on that um, guitar, mm -hmm. hire the best guitar teacher. Mm -hmm. But if you never pick up the guitar and you never look at the books and you never go to the lessons that you set up with that teacher, guess how much guitar you're going to learn? None. None. Mm -hmm. Lots of Christians, they know they, where they own. They is. own a Bible. They they even know where it is. Yeah, and they take it with them on Sundays. But they don't ever crack the thing open. And you know, it's interesting, too, because I see this on Sundays in service. A lot of people come in with their Bibles, but they're struggling, man. When I say go to such and such, go to James, go to Ephesians, go to, they're struggling. And I'm like, wow. But they love the Lord, though, but they're struggling. And I'll tell them, you know what? In order to draw near to God, you got to know what his word says. So you may have to spend some time learning the books of the Bible. Or you can do like I do every once in a while, and I'll give him a bad time. I'll sit, talk like 2 Timothy, and I'll tell him, that's right after 1 Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to learn. You have to learn the things of God. You have to learn the things of the kingdom. That's why he says don't be conformed to this world now that you're a new creation, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, the Bible talks about in Corinthians, we're being transformed into his image. 
And you're only going to get transformed to his image as you feed on his word. It's got to be deposited in you. That's what's going to transform you, change you. And a lot of people think they don't have to do that. Oh, I'm going to get... God's going to speak to me by osmosis. Right. Yeah, it's just going to... Put your Bible under your pillow at night. Right, yeah, sleep (laughs) on it. It's going to just soak up in you. No. He wants you to... That's why he talks about his word does not return void. In the beginning was the word. God wants you to study his word. Get to know him. Because this... It's just something about the word of God, man. It I see a whole lot in it when I'm reading it. And I pray before I read the Bible. I pray ask God to give me understanding. Show me what you want me to see. And he just illuminates me. See, and then it goes back to this whole idea where people say, well, I read the Bible once. You need to read it over and over and over because you're always going to get something new. Right. I know what you're saying when you say you get illumination, but then I've heard the same scripture again months later, and all of a sudden that light goes off again. It says, here's you got some a more. greater illumination. Right. That's what and it, so to, for people to think, well, I, I read Genesis once. I don't need to read it again. Or I read the book of John once. I don't need to. No, every time you read it, God will give you something new well, in cause, it. Because now you're spending time with him. And, and here's the, the kicker. Pray before you read it. Oh, and just ask God to give you some understanding. Oh, he just really knocks your socks off on that one because he's like, wow, this guy really wants to know, have some understanding of my word. He'll really just illuminate you. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it when I pray and I'm ever mindful to pray and ask God to give me understanding. Show me something that I didn't see before. Because I always say this, God's word is forever pregnant. It's forever giving birth to new facets of revelation. It's just like a woman when she's pregnant. She might be two weeks, a week pregnant. Eight months later, she's still pregnant, but she's greater. <laughs> it's just that's the seed of the word of God. It's constantly giving birth to new facets of revelation. And that's what God wants to do in his word. So that's why he says, spend time with me and my word. I'm going to keep revealing some things to you. And over in Colossians, it says, all the mysteries of knowledge and wisdom are hidden in both Jesus and the Father God. It's just all wisdom and knowledge is hidden in him. Well, if it's hidden in him, it's just the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge. If it's hidden in him, I need to seek after him then for wisdom. I just got a letter from one of my spiritual fathers, Pastor Philip Godot, and he said, God can give you the wisdom for a new product or service that can make you a millionaire. And I believe that. God can give wisdom. He gives wisdom. He knows how to solve problems. Well, see, I think that sometimes people forget that, that it doesn't right. matter what it is. Whenever we make a discovery, it's not like that's brand new. God right, it's brand new to us, it's but new. he knew about it. Right. It's like when people came to America and said, we discovered America. No, there were already people here. The Europeans discovered America, but there are already people here. God, when we make some great discovery, he already knew all about it. Heaven knew all about it. It's just we here have now discovered what it is. We've right. found out it's what it is. It's been revealed to us. Right. But it's just like that word you was talking about. It was already there. You just didn't have revelation right. of it. And now all of a sudden it's been revealed <laughs> It's to been you. revealed to you. And that's what God wants us to do. He says, draw near to me. I'll draw near to you with some wisdom and some revelation. I'll give you some insight. I'll give you the cure for that disease. If you ask me, because he already has the solution to every problem. But we don't really believe that. You know, we claim we do. But Jesus... He said, I don't do anything the Father don't tell me to do. Father told him to go raise Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus prayed, Father, I already believe. But hey, for these cats right here, I'm going to go ahead and pray. So they'll, they'll believe. But Jesus had wisdom for every situation. And how I know that, when the multitudes were hungry, 
and he told the disciples, give them something to eat. And they say, what do you mean? Ain't no stores out here. We're in the middle. He said, no, you feed them. And they say, well, we ain't got nothing. There's a kid over here. He got two fish and a couple of loaves. Jesus said, bring it to me. Out of the well, wisdom of God. See, and well, and here's the thing is that when they come to Jesus and say, there's this boy over here with these fish and these loaves, if they just stopped right then, they'd have been fine. But they said, but that ain't enough. Yeah, well, they say, what's that to all of us? Right. And Jesus, bring it to me. And Jesus did, operated out of the wisdom of God. And the food started multiplying. And the boy took home a whole lot too. He did the same thing with his first miracle at the wedding at Cana. They ran out of wine. They ain't had nothing but water left. He said, okay, fill those things up with water. You know, just <laughs> as we were talking there, the Lord revealed to me part of that story I never guess I never really thought about, and that was the boy was willing to give up the fish and the loaves. Here it is right there. Yeah, he was ready to... You know, because we always talk about what Jesus was able to do with them. We forget yeah, that but, boy had his lunch. Right. He didn't need to worry about how he was going to eat. But he was willing. But he was willing to give up all of what he had for everyone else. And Jesus was able to use that little bit for the needs of well, everybody. Scripture says in Corinthians, he gives seed to the sower, not seed to the eater. You have to be willing to give. But this this Release. boy was this boy. He had his. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to worry. Oh, right. yeah, the rest of you know, the other people here don't have anything? Too bad. I got mine. Well, well he operated out of a spirit of non-selfishness. Right. But, I mean, a lot of times we don't tell it. that part of the story. We don't talk about that part of the story. We don't think about his situation where he didn't need to, he didn't need to give it up. He didn't need to how he was. He wasn't worried about how he was going to eat. He had his. Well, and it goes back. There's another related story, the, the widow's might. Right. You know, she gave up all that she had. And Jesus commended her. He says, she gave more than anybody. He said, you guys gave out of your abundance. She gave out of her poverty. This is all she had. But most people today, being that young boy, would have said, well, what am I going to eat if I give you mine? Right. Well, obviously, he had some good parents that taught him. Remember, train up a child in the way they should go. His parents must have trained, put, instilled something in it. Because when they came to him and asked him to give it up, he gave, he it, gave up. it up. Well, when he, they probably, I'm pretty sure they came to him and said, because he was there listening to the word too. Right. The word, he said, the right. disciples See, came. We don't talk about his faith near enough. Right. He had some faith to give it up. You know? so they, I'm sure they came to him and said, and Jesus said, we need that, he was we need a that young sandwich. Boy. He's, he's not an adult. He's a young boy. Mm -hmm. And somehow here's this young boy who has enough faith that he's willing to give it up for Jesus and to give up. So he wasn't like, well, someday when I'm older, I'll I'll give up my stuff. and But right now, I'm just a kid, so it doesn't matter. He was, at the age he was, he had enough faith that he could make a difference to that whole community. It's still the same today. Hey, I wonder if he heard the story about the rich young ruler. Ah, I wonder if he heard that story. I, I said, hey, I ain't missing up this opportunity. I heard what happened with but the I rich mean, young ruler. Isn't it easy, though, for us to think that that it's for some other time or it's for somebody else? Here he is, young boy. He's got enough for himself. He doesn't have to worry about what he's going to eat, and yet he's willing to give up what he has for the needs of everyone else. And God is able to use the faith of a young boy to teach a lesson that we're still learning today. Mm -hmm. And just think about that, that, that 
somebody's listening and they're young. God can use them to change their whole family. Well, we, we like to think, you know, again, I thought that way. I'll get saved when I get older. When all my good years are gone and I want to go out to pastor, I'll receive right. Jesus well, as Lord. It doesn't matter if I have any fun or not. Right, right, right. right. When I get all my fun out of me, I'll start going to church. And I always try to encourage young people. In the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. I always tell people about David. He was a teenager when he went and defeated Goliath. God can use anybody. And we have to understand that. And then on that. the opposite end of the spectrum, you got Moses. He's 80 years old. Right. And God finally calls him out of the desert of Midian. Right. So God, he's no respect to a person. He's, God only respects faith. Some, the little young boy must have believed that. Oh, he had tremendous he faith wasn't, as far as I'm concerned. He must have believed he wasn't taking a loss. <laughs> right. And that's what it is. With God, all things are possible. And we have to understand that God honors our faith, our obedience our willingness to trust him. That's that's it. Samuel was a young boy mm -hmm. when God first speaks to him. And mm. so, and I guess this is what people need to hear, is that Samuel's a young boy, David's young, this boy with the loaves and fishes, he's young. Dude, I was young then, compared to Moses. And then you got Moses, he's older, and you got people, Joshua, he's probably not a kid anymore when God finally calls him. And so... He had been in his 60s at least, Joshua. And so God, once again, it doesn't matter what age you are. What matters is, are you? do you exercise your faith? Do you do what you believe? Do you do what you say your faith is? And once you make yourself available to him, God doesn't say, well, you know what? I got I to gotta wait a few more years before I can use this one. Or... Boy, he's used up, and he's way past his prime, so I can't use him. Boy, sure would like to, but he's used up. No, God uses anybody and everybody who is willing to be used. He uses. Amen, and that's what we need to encourage young people with. You know, I always try to encourage young people. To, yes, God can use you. It's just, do you believe? Just believe that God will, and he'll work in and through you. And I know there's testimonies out there and other ministries about God using young people. And I like to do this in our church service, in our congregation, where we're praying for people. I like the little kids to come and lay hands. Yeah, because they believe. Yeah, they haven't been contaminated by the world system, right. the kingdom of darkness. They have They'll been actually believe. the doctor knows right, everything. Right, right, right. And I'm always having the young kids come and lay hands and let's pray. And the, the kids don't be like, no, 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 I ain't doing it. They be excited to do it. So anyway, uh, that's who we are. We're just faith people, and we hope this uh, broadcast ignited your faith. I know we went a lot of places. And again, as always, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.